May God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation, sing all ye citizens of... Uh, welcome to church. If you didn't hear me then, uh, it's great to have you here and a special welcome to visitors. We hope you are warmly welcomed. Uh, we have a short but joyful service this morning to celebrate the, uh, the wonderful news of Christmas and we hope that uh, you can celebrate that with us. We think here at Trinity Church we believe uh, Christmas is, brings good news of great joy uh, and so that's what we want to celebrate this morning um, and we hope you can uh, sense some of that joy and celebration with us as we sing our first song together, a great uh, a classic carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. So I'd invite you all to stand as we sing uh, and let's uh, sing together this great song. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. On earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations cry, join the triumph of the skies. With angelicals proclaim, Christ is
Uh, well, welcome again. Uh, we're right. I think we've... Uh, I'll, I'll use this mic. So, uh, as I said before, great to have you with us. Uh, the, Christ- the first story of Christmas, the true story of the first Christmas, is what we're going to celebrate and reflect on this morning. And the way we'll be doing that is through a series of readings. We're going to read from one of the Gospels, one of the accounts of Jesus' life, uh, called Luke's Gospel, and from chapter 2 of Luke's Gospel. And it's a story that will be familiar to many of us, but as we read it, uh, it would be a great opportunity for, us, for everyone to reflect on this story again and, uh, uh, and to hear its um, good news that comes to us. So as the musicians make their way down, uh, I'll invite Maureen to come and uh, to read from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. The words will be on the screen, um, and so you can follow along with us there. Thanks, Maureen. One look is all it needs. (laughs) Reading from Luke chapter 2, first seven verses. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Thanks so much, Maureen. Well, uh, I don't know how you find Christmas, friends. Uh, Often it's a wonderful time. It's also a bit of a chaotic time. Uh, In my family, this is one of our favourite Christmas movies. Maybe you've seen it, Home Alone. Uh, And if you uh, know anything about the movie, the opening scene is a scene of Christmas chaos. Uh, Cousins, uncles, aunts everywhere, and of course, Kevin! Um, the, the, The thing, though, about the first Christmas, the first Christmas, is it was also a bit of a scene of chaos. It was chaotic. Uh, we, we just read about it then. People from all across the Roman world are travelling to their hometowns to be counted for the census that's, that's, that Caesar had ordered. So it's already this chaotic scene, right? Picture the scene. There's people from all over tra- travelling, jostling around, cramming into this little town of Bethlehem. And not only that, Mary and Joseph are going and Mary's pregnant and sort of about to burst. They can't find anywhere to sleep. There's no room available So Jesus is born and put into an animal's feeding trough. Uh, Chaos, right? A scene of chaos, uh, a scene of utter chaos. And and I want to illustrate this, though, by um, something. We'll see how this goes. Just go along with it. Uh, You all would have... uh, There's there's some animals that are placed around the seats. uh, And so if you want to find the one that was near you, and if you don't have one, you can just look on and choose someone else's. What we're going to do, this is just to get to wake us up on Christmas morning, first of all, because it's early, but also to ha- it's an illustration of the chaos of the first Christmas. Uh, for about five seconds, 
we're all going to make the noise of that animal that you have there, okay? Ready? One, two, three, go! <laughs> okay. okay, stop, 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 stop! <laughs> so you got the scene, right? There's animals, there's, there's donkeys, sheep, cows, there's, it's a scene of chaos. Now, we have just sung. We have just sung about Christmas bringing peace. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Mercy mild. And that, friends, is the claim and the hope of Christmas. So what's going on? These kind of two extremes, chaos and peace. Well, I think there's actually something quite beautiful that this moment, this moment of peace on earth and mercy mild was also a moment of chaos and disorder. See, friends, the peace that Christmas brings, it's not a peace that kind of ignores the mess of the world. Um, there's one way to try to get peace, and that's to kind of block out the world, to retreat into a bit of a bubble. But that's not real, eternal, deep peace. The bubble bursts eventually. The peace of Christmas is not a fake mask that you put on to hide your real hurts behind. The peace that comes at Christmas is a peace that comes into the chaos, into the mess and the turmoil of this world. And friends, what I want to share with you this morning is it is a peace that can come into the mess and turmoil of your world. Perhaps for you, the chaos of Christmas is not just kind of out there, but in here, in your own heart. Perhaps you know that those tensions, those anxieties, it's a time perhaps when loss and regret come to the surface for you. And if that's you, then the true story of Christmas brings wonderful news. It is news that can warm the coldest heart and that can shine light into the deepest darkness. Along the way this morning, we're going to reflect on how that can be. But first, I thought we'd pause and sing a bit of a chaotic Christmas song. It's a Christmas kids' carol. Um, so you all got to get into it. Stay seating, sit, seated for this one. But I'm going to go have a shave and come up on the magical couch. So we'll see how we go. One, two, three, four. Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem on that very first Christmas. Baby Jesus born that night, born that night, born that night. Baby Jesus born that night. Glory to God, the angels singing glory to God. Ah. 
Jesus born that night. The wise men come to worship him. Shepherds told that the king is born. The angels singing glory to God. On that very first Christmas. Two, one, two. Great singing. Well, we're going to have the story continue now, and I think Andrew is going to read. Is that right? Andrew is going to come and read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, uh, verse 8 to 14. Thanks, man. And I need to put it up this time for you. Yes. It's basically perfect. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them. And they were terrified. (laughs) But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Uh, Thanks, mate. Well, the scene changes, okay, from that first scene. The scene changes out of the cramped town of Bethlehem into the fields nearby. And so there's a bit of a contrast going on, right? The first scene with this one. Uh, This is a peaceful scene. The shepherds are watching over their flocks by night. Um, But their kind of peaceful, normal night gets totally turned upside down. This time, it's not a chaotic interruption. It's a cosmic one. Now, we think of angels, right? You think of a picture of angels in your head, and you, you probably often think of a little baby with wings. You know, really cute, um, makes you coo. Um, but do you know, in verse 9, this angel of the Lord suddenly appears to these shepherds, and the glory of the Lord, the kind of blinding holiness and goodness of God, the glory of the Lord shines around them, and their response is not to sort of coo at how cute this angel was. What's their response? Their response is they're terrified. They're terrified. This angel was God's messenger, a warrior of lights. Uh, This is one of the parts of the Christmas story that many find today hard to accept. Our Western worldview has been shaped by the assumption that the only thing that's real is the material world, uh, things that you can see and touch and put under a microscope. And that assumption is like a pair of glasses that we are wearing and looking at the world through. Uh, Friends, if you share that assumption, what I want to invite you to do is just for a moment to take off those glasses. Imagine a different way of seeing the world. 
One of the compelling things about Luke's gospel, uh, where this account comes from, is the way Luke opens it up and starts writing. Uh, He tells readers right from the start, we're going to flick back to chapter 1 of Luke, the very opening verses say this, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, the person who has probably paid Luke to write this, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So what we're reading here in this this account of Jesus' life is eyewitness testimony that has been carefully investigated and written down for us. Friends, the Bible reveals a much richer view of the world than our 21st century materialism gives us. It's a world that is lovingly created and sustained by God and it's into this world that God came down that first Christmas. And this is such good news for weary people who know the turmoil of the world and who know the turmoil of our own hearts. Listen to this news. I'll read it again. Uh, Andrew read it out. But from verse 10, listen to this message that this, this heavenly messenger brings, this warrior of light. Verse 10, the angel says to them, these shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So this baby that was born into the chaos would be a baby who would cast out fear, who would bring great joy. He is the Messiah, God's promised king, born to set his people free. And notice what happens next. Uh, It's like at the mention of this news, this bright sky filled with the glory of the Lord and this heavenly messenger, it gets even brighter. In verse 13, the sky gets filled with a great company of the heavenly host, these warriors of light. Uh, It's kind of as if they've been waiting in the wings all the whole time. They've been off stage, they've been waiting in the wings, and then this message gets delivered and suddenly they jump out and say, surprise, you know, and, and all join in the song. They say, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. It is a, a beautiful, amazing scene. And what we're going to do, actually, we're going to sing again now. So we're going to uh, sing again about this moment when angels from the realm of glory proclaimed the Messiah's birth. So I want to invite you, um, as the musicians come, to stand and sing with us this beautiful song, Angels from the Realms of Glory. And then we'll hear the rest of the story together. Let's stand.
Please take a seat. Well, we're going to uh, hear the rest of this story. We're reflecting on this account of, from Luke's Gospel. And I think Crystal is going to read for us. Thanks, Crystal. Uh, from Luke chapter 2, verse 15 to 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Great. Well done, Crystal. Thank you. Well, this is the final of these three scenes we're reflecting on. It's a scene where we see, in this time, we see people's response to this news that was declared, the people's response to this event of Jesus being born. Uh, it's a scene of astonishment and praise. It's also, as one Carol puts it, it's, and you've got this in your handout, it's a scene of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. So Mary, as we read through, you would have picked that up. She's filled with wonder and awe at all of this that's happened, a kind of quiet awe, and she treasures them all in her heart. The shepherds, on the other hand, they can't believe what they're, they're praising God. They're going like they're, they're loudly praising God, and they're just telling everyone. They're telling everyone this amazing news that they've heard. So the chaos of the beginning, the fear that they felt at the start, has been replaced with peace and joy with, and, and with a desire to share this good news. Friends, what's going on in this? It's a little snapshot. It's a little snapshot of the much larger peace and joy that Jesus came to bring. What I want to do just to wrap things up is to, we're going to actually flick over to the very end of Luke's Gospel, the very end of Luke's Gospel. It's about 33 years later, so the baby Jesus has grown into a man. It's another dark night. There's another group that's gathered, not in the fields of Bethlehem, but in a room in Jerusalem. And this group had been with Jesus for the last few years. They'd seen him do and say amazing things. They'd followed him. They'd pinned their hopes on him. But just a few days earlier, they'd seen him put to death on the cross. So there's this group gathered. It's a scene of chaos, right? It's a scene of chaos and sadness. But just like the shepherds, they had their nights incredibly interrupted. Uh, the glory of the Lord didn't just shine around them. There was Jesus himself, the fullness of God's glory in the flesh, standing right before them. And friends, it's really interesting. The very first thing that Jesus says to his disciples after he's died and risen again from the dead, uh, from Luke 24, verse 36, he says this. Uh, while they were still uh, talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. 
Isn't that interesting? The very first thing he says to his disciples after he's risen from the dead, peace be with you. Luke's telling us here at the end of his gospel that the peace the angels sang about, Jesus had achieved through his death and his resurrection. Uh, and, and just like the shepherds, when they faced with the glory of God, they were terrified. Well, the disciples are the same here. They get terrified. But Jesus goes on and says in verse 38, he says to them, why are you troubled? I think he might have a smile on his face at this point. Why are you troubled? And why did doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. Does A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And just like the shepherds, these followers of Jesus, they are transformed. They're filled with wonder and joy and amazement. They praise God. They go out and tell anyone they can. They tell us this great news of joy and peace. But you keep reading in Luke's gospel towards the very end, and you find out Jesus fills them in on how this peace came. And friends, this is crucial. This is where we'll kind of finish up. What had happened to Jesus, his birth, his life, his death and his resurrection, it was all part of God's great plan to save his people. So Jesus says in verse 46 of, the, of chapter 24, he says, It was written, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Friends, according to Jesus, the real enemy of peace and joy is a brokenness and evil that is at work within every human heart, what the Bible calls our sin. Right at the root of all the darkness and turmoil is humanity's rebellion against God. And the real peace that we long for, the peace that we need, is this one that Jesus holds out to us, to you. Forgiveness. A renewed relationship with God. A certain hope of a future where there will be no more evil or suffering or pain or mourning or crying or death. That's the deep, the deep peace, the real peace that the angels sang about. That's the peace Jesus came to bring through his death and his resurrection. So in all the chaos of our world, the story of Christmas continues to sing joy to the world. The hopes and fears of all the years, the hopes and fears of all your years are met in him. Christmas is not a retreat from the chaos of the world into some nice bubble. Christmas is the story of how God came into the chaos right into the heart of it, to fix it up from the inside out. And that's good news of great joy for all people. It can be good news of great joy for you. It can. Uh, Jesus said to his followers, we read it before, that because of what he'd done, he, he'd done for, uh, repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed to the world. And that, that's how this can become good news for you. The way into this peace to repent that means to turn just to turn away turn around to turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus to receive God's forgiveness and hope and peace 
That's how you'll be able to sing with the angels, with a real and lasting joy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. I want to invite us all, actually, to do that now. Um, if, uh, yeah, I want to invite you to do that, but perhaps even for the first time. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I, if you want this peace, this comfort and joy, uh, I, I want to invite you to echo these words in your own heart as I pray. So I'll pray slowly, uh, and I invite you to make this prayer your own. Uh, and then I um, uh, think Steve's going to come up and lead us in another time of prayer after that. But let me pray for us and join with me in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious gift of your Son. Thank you that he was born that first Christmas, that he lived a perfect life, that he died and rose again so I could be forgiven and have new life in him. I'm sorry for how I have so often ignored and rejected you. Please forgive me. Please give me the same peace and joy that the angels proclaimed, that the shepherds and Mary and the disciples experienced. I give glory to you, my God, in the highest heaven. May your peace and your favour rest on me. Because of what Jesus has done, in his name I pray. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Well, let's continue in prayer, uh, shall we? Please join me in your hearts and minds. Oh, loving Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for our time here this Christmas morning, uh, reflecting on that very first Christmas uh, from Luke's Gospel, uh, from your word and through the words of the carols that we've sung. Thank you, Father, for your great love for us, that you so loved the world that you gave your only Son, faithfully fulfilling your promises of old, uh, promises of a Saviour and King for your people Israel, and for all nations of the world, uh, for everyone, everywhere. Uh, thank you for the gospel accounts in the Bible, including Luke's gospel, and for the assurance that they bring uh, that the coming of Jesus into the world to save us is a real, true, historical event, an event long anticipated uh, because of the promises you made through your prophets, including the hope-filled words of Isaiah 700 years earlier. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you for the way you wonderfully fulfilled this in the birth of our Lord Jesus, your eternal word, who became flesh to dwell among us, uh, to shine your light into our dark hearts and to live the perfectly obedient life that we fail to live and to die the death that we deserve to die in our place for our sin and failure. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus, our loving, saving King and Lord, and for all you've done for us in him. Uh, Father, bringing us forgiveness and peace with you forever. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for your lavish mercy and grace to all of us in Jesus. Indeed, Christmas is such stunningly good news for us and for the whole world. And so we do pray, Father, that this Christmas day, uh, the good news of Jesus will resound the whole world over and that it will cause great joy for many thousands of people and many for the very first time. And for those of us heading off shortly to enjoy time with family and friends, please help us to not forget the amazing truth and privilege of being part of your eternal family in Christ through faith in him. As we exchange Christmas gifts, please remind us constantly of the greatest gift of all, the gift of your own precious son who gave himself up for us to save us from our sin and into eternal life through his victorious resurrection. And as we eat our Christmas meals, please help us, Father, to set our hope on the rich and abundant feast that awaits all of us who are trusting in Jesus, that ultimate family reunion when all your reconciled children gather to celebrate Jesus and your love for us in him for all eternity. What a wonderful hope, a sure and certain hope, a hope that our world cries out for, that we all cry out for, a hope that's found in Jesus Christ alone. And so we do pray, Father, with thankful hearts in his wonderful name. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Uh, well, we are going to sing one more song. It's not a carol this time, but a great song that sings about this hope that we have in Christ alone. What heights of love, what depths of peace, where fears are stilled and strivings cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. I invite you to sing with uh, thankful and peace-filled hearts this great song together in Christ alone uh, as we finish up our time. Thanks. Let's stand.
Amen. Well, thank you. Uh, please take a seat. Thank you for being with us this morning. I trust you uh, have had an encouraging time as we've reflected on the first um, true story of Christmas. Pray that you have a great time as you go now uh, to whatever you're going to and whatever you're doing. Have a happy and holy Christmas. Uh, we, are, we meet here every week at 10 o'clock. This is a bit early today, but it's uh, 10 o'clock on a Sunday, so you're welcome to join us anytime, especially through January. We have a special series uh, looking at um, the, uh, the life of Jesus and who he is. That's going to be uh, really helpful for all who come. Uh, so God bless. Have a great Christmas, and we hope to see you again next week. Have a great Christmas. Okay, see you next time. Bye.